And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall joined us all by my guys, Ryan Barath, Mr. Robot, Gene Prenti, and True Specs, Chris McCormick. Boys, we're back after a little bit of a brief hiatus. Gene and RB did not burn the podcast down, although you did get dangerously close. As usual, got to check the temperature of the group. How are we doing? After last week, we're in Arizona. Everyone's back together. We got the cold crew here. The Beatles, right? The four Beatles. Yeah. I, I, think, one are you? I, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be much easier because poor RB was trying to hurt a cat. And uh, you know, but he kept me on topic for the most part. So I stayed a little focused, didn't go totally sideways, chasing shiny things. At least Gene can it's see easy, us. Easy to do, Gene. <laughs> at least G, at least Gene can see us. That is an inside joke, but it's probably one that's worth, worth discussing. We were on a Zoom call earlier, and I'm on the call. My my, I'm. You can see me. My video is on, and Gene asks if Jay Wall is on the call. And I thought, oh man, maybe Gene's having some technical difficulties. And then apparently, as we were starting to record the pod, he asked if any of these knuckleheads would be joining the podcast. And RB was on video. Grandpa Gene. You do, yeah, not, you, so, you, you do so not know the, how to the, use electronics. The, the first As a guy time, that designs and builds robots for a living. The first time I could say, okay, you know, um, that was just an anomaly. Doing it twice in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign. I mean, I don't know if I have to start buying Geritol in bulk or something like that. Cause, uh, we're gonna start you know, looking for your uh, for your 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 final home, Gene. So he's <laughs> about that he's time. We gotta put you out to pasture. Senior moments going a little early. Just a just a little senior moment. A little early. No big deal. Ooh. Senior living in the future. Oh, that just said, you know I'm eligible for it too, which is really frightening. But uh, yeah, that sends a little shiver down the spine. I gotta tell you, you know, just. Uh, I gotta, I gotta start going to more concerts and keeping keeping myself fresh with the youngins. I guess figuring out how to switch screens on Zoom. Oh God, what a loser <laughs> moment that was! Twice, twice. All right, enough about me. <laughs> Moving on. Chris was out in Carlsbad. I know you can't talk about anything without getting sniped, but is there some cool stuff coming? I, I can't officially talk about anything, but I can tell you that, uh, as you would expect, our uh, our large manufacturer friends have some really cool toys coming, and I am so stoked to do some testing, uh, specifically with, with one major manufacturer that I spent a lot of time with out there, and the uh, the stuff that they have coming, super cool. Not only does it look cool, it's uh, it's performance characteristics. I'm really excited about. Very interesting. <laughs> as far as we can go, that'll conclude this. Uh, this is the beginning of this episode. Yeah, can't go, yeah. can't go beyond there. Can't can't go into too much detail, but uh, there's there's definitely cool tech coming. That's for sure. Well, I was in Boston last week. And I had a chance to check off a bucket list item. I got a got to walk around Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox, oldest oldest stadium in Major League Baseball. 
without crowds. Got a really cool tour, and I got to take BP at Fenway Park. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So yeah. I know you're a lefty golfer. Do you are you you lefty swinging a baseball bat? I'm lefty swinging a baseball bat. Interesting. Yeah, because I know people yeah. that are 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 left-handed hockey play golf right-handed, which to me like completely throws me off because I couldn't imagine doing that. But I throw I throw righty. Oh, oh, so you you're like the Mickelson oh, style, weirdo. right? Like you can. I'm I'm such a mess. I'm such a mess, guys. But that's that's usually me and a lot of things in life. I'm I'm just a total mess. But yeah, it was fun. And uh, big shout out to my wife for making that possible because her uh, her firm they own a they own a stake in Fenway Sports Group, so they did their investor conference at Fenway. My kids, Very the first cool. person, the first person that my kids meet when they walk in the door, Theo Epstein. <laughs> He walks right up to him, asks him how their time's been in Boston. They have no idea who he is. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> fanboying out. And uh, yeah, it was it was a cool experience. But yeah, Fenway without the fans is really neat. You get to walk around with my son and and you know take in the Green Monster and sit in the oldest seats, the oldest seats in baseball. Uh, Fenway, I guess I didn't realize it. They they're the only stadium that has original wood seats back from the 30s. Oh, wow. pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, enough with my Boston talk. We do have some gear topics to get into as usual. RB, you got anything for us? I do. Oh, that was, that was a, that was a very quick handoff there, Jonathan. Um, but yes, before we get into our gear talk today, we have to let you know that fully equipped is brought to you by rap Soto and the MLM. Now to play your best golf with the rap Soto MLM, it is the number one rated personal launch monitor on the market today. It features incredibly precise measurements, remarkable accuracy, data-rich visuals, and new performance combines. The MLM is the mobile launch monitor to help the grinders, the range rats, and the golf junkies, and equipment junkies, while we're at it, that was not part of the week, uh, get better by developing more insights and structure to every practice session. By pairing Doppler radar with your iPhone or iPad camera, the MLM ensures that every golf ball is tracked with incredible accuracy. Additionally, the MLM gives shot tracing for every swing and visual charts of each shot for better understanding of your consistency, accuracy, length, and dispersion. The pro-level data and metrics provide measurable and actionable feedback to make practice sessions smarter, more structured, and more focused towards actually improving your game. Now, to talk about the Performance Combines, which is a new tool for the MLM Premium subscribers, it features a 24 uh, shot test at two targets and a driver test to identify the golfer's biggest weaknesses. So that way you can understand where your game actually needs work and improvement from a distance control and dispersion perspective. It is designed by industry leading and trusted golf expert, Dr. Sasha McKenzie, Canadian uh, performance combine utilizes over 100,000 shots of PGA Tour level data and 20 years of data directly from Dr. McKenzie's work with all kinds of different skill levels and handicapped golfers. Practice with a purpose every time you hit the range. Better practice, better scores, better golf. Now, all you do is go to rapsoto.com slash fully equipped. That's F-U-L-L-Y-E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D and use the promo code fully equipped. I just spelled it there again for $100 off the MLM. Now, right now, Rapsoto is also offering 30% off a bundle discount for the MLM and their premium subscription. So fully equipped listeners have the opportunity to save $130 total with the purchase of the bundle package. Stop wasting time on the range with inefficient practice that doesn't lead to improvement. Get a Rapsodo MLM today and get a plan 
for lower scores. There we go. There we go. Well, I just got back from a very long trip. It took me all about 30 minutes to drive up the road from my home here in the Dallas-Worth area to the Colony, where they are playing an LPGA event this week. I always love home games. Actually, actually, kind of lucky. You know, it's like you get a Corn Ferry event in the area. You get an LPGA event, a couple of PGA Tour events. Houston opens not that far away. San Antonio, same deal. Get to see my grandparents. So it was a glorified home game. And I'm, I was excited to go, guys. We've talked about the LPGA Tour before. And I'll continue to say that if you want to know what your bag setup should look like, you should be looking at what the LPGA Tour players are using because their swing speeds are much closer to the average golfer than what you're seeing out on the PGA Tour. But I get it. You know, everybody wants to see, you know, the biggest names in the game, JT, Bomb One, you know, 350. And so we tend to gravitate, we being weekend golfers tend to gravitate. Are you telling towards, me that a golfer that swings 100 miles an hour need, doesn't need to two-iron Jonathan? I am... Unimpressed with this take. <laughs> I know it's a, it is it is a shocking lies. Take for me. I know lot, lots of lies. I know. So anyway, I I went out and spent some time with some of the best players in pro golf: Nelly Corda, Lydia Ko, Lexi Thompson. I, I had a chance to chat with them about gear. Take a look in their bags. I did what's in the bags for for a bunch of the names I just mentioned, and we'll be deploying those in the coming weeks on Golf.com. But the one thing that I did want to know, and this is a question that we've asked, you know, other tour pros before, mostly PGA Tour pros, but I wanted to ask some of these these players, just poll them. What's you know they play a lot with weekend golfers and pro ams, and you know they see a lot of different gear setups. What's the one mistake that that amateur golfers make when it comes to their gear? Because I look in the bags of the LPGA players, and they've got some of them had glorified game improvement irons. I mean, it, it's like they've got at least, you know, a hybrid, at least a couple fairway woods, a lot of clubs that, that weekend golfers should be considering instead of, you know, keeping the, the traditional long irons, even utility irons, you should probably be playing a hybrid or, or a fairway wood. That's coming from a guy who doesn't like fairway woods. But, you know, I can say that because I now have one in the bag. But I asked a couple of them and they told me, look, a lot of golfers, they got to get fit. And this is something that we talk about ad nauseum on the pod, but they were hammering it home. Regular golfers, they go and buy golf clubs off the rack. They're wasting all this money. They, they just need to get fit for the gear and they'll have a lot more fun on the golf course. But the one answer that I got that really stood out to me was from Lydia Ko. And <laughs> this is tough because, you know, I've been covering gear for over a decade and a lot of that time was spent covering it on the PGA Tour where I'm highlighting the gear that the pros are playing. But Lydia told me, don't just buy a club simply because a tour pro is using it. I feel like amateur golfers do this a lot and it hurts their game because they're now playing a club that either isn't suited for their game or properly fit. And, you know, we could probably go deep on this topic. I, you know, people have asked before, like, well, why do you do what's in the bags? Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing what's in the bags. You know, everybody has their favorite golfers. We want to know, you know, how they're doing on the golf course, but also what are they playing? You know, are they making any gear changes? 
But it does bring up an interesting point about the pull that pro golfers have, because even Lydia said back when Tiger switched to the graphite design, the Tour ADDI, the Warren shaft back at the Masters, she's like, look, I, I saw it and, you know, I wondered, is, is the shaft for me? And, you know, she used that shaft. She's like, everybody else in the world was using it. So I figured, why don't, why don't I use it as well? But just because Tiger's using it, you probably shouldn't use it. I feel like this is just really good advice. It's not, it's not anything really techie. It's not something that you've probably never heard before, but hearing it from a tour pro, hey, don't play the stuff that the pros are playing. Go get fit, figure out if the gear, maybe it is for you. But I just feel like it's such simple advice, but it's good advice to just reiterate. How much do you see that, Chris? All the time. I can only imagine when people ask, they open up a drawer and choose back and go, so who plays this or who plays that or who plays this? And it's like, to me, it, it's like asking, you know, going to a Mercedes dealership and say, hey, uh, what, what car does Lewis Hamilton drive? Because I, it's like, first of all, you're not getting that, buddy. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> you've got two kids. They're not fitting in a Formula One car. Let's get you something that's actually going to work. So I'm, let's I, go, I'm curious. Let's take like, a look at that minivan. Let's, yeah, let's go take a look at that thing over there. <laughs> But how often does that happen? Because I think I used to get it all the time. And I, I mean, again, I think there's, to, to your point, there's stuff that the pros play, which is great. And a lot of it can help certain golfers. But in other cases, there's a lot of other products within that product line that are going to help, you know, golfers who are, say, swing 100 miles an hour or less or, you know, are miss around the face, all of those different things. Well, and that's, I mean, you get a lot of the, the ad time the uh, the commercials and things like that that showcase a lot of the products that essentially were built and designed for the tour player and then filter down to those of us in the amateur ranks. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of guys come in and they want to test and they want to hit what they see the tour players playing. So it's extremely common. And then it's our job as a, a fitting professional to have the conversation of, okay, we can hit that. However, let's identify what you're goals are, what your objectives are, what you're trying to accomplish, and then taking the time to educate our consumer on, all right, while this one is the, you know, the fancy flashy AMG over here, we might need to, like I said, settle into this minivan that accomplishes the uh, goals of you as a player and helps to achieve that higher launch, higher spend threshold, uh, promote more of a draw bias. I mean, that's not stuff that your, your PGA Tour player is looking for. They're trying to do the exact opposite lower launch, scrub spin, eliminate the left side of the golf course uh, for the majority of them. So the the products that are requested versus the products we fit and sell are usually two completely different things. This actually brings you to an idea that I just got off the top of my head. And Gene, we're going to test this at some point, is what is the point of diminishing return for a like 14 degree or a 12 degree driver lofted all the way up? Like if you just hit it at 90 miles an hour and 80 miles an hour and 70 miles an hour and 60 miles an hour, at what point is there like a, a you know, point of diminishing return where you get too fast and you start losing that distance? Because I play with regular golfers all the time, you know, pair with all kinds of people. I played with a couple, I would say a couple months ago, both retired. And, you know, this, this woman did not have her driver apex more than 35 feet off the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, how much more would she enjoy the game if she carried her driver further? So now I've just, I just got an idea for the robot. We have to fire up there at some point. Well, so, so it's, 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 it's a good question. Uh, it, here's what I can tell you with uh, driver versus fairway wood, like a 10 degree lofted driver versus a fairway wood. 
it's up to about 85 miles an hour that the fairway wood beats the driver simply as a function of loft. And then at about 85, they equal, and then the driver starts pulling away after 85 miles an hour. Um, if you take that same loft angle in a driver, you can probably bring that up to maybe mid to high 80s. But at some point, the driver is going to start overtaking it. And it's and more than anything else, it's just a function of spin. But what's interesting about it is that's kind of in general at a neutral attack angle. When you throw attack angle in, um, you can start to see more interesting uh, kind of separation as well. You know, just driving home the point that, you know, we've all been talking about is get fit. The, the average amateur comes over the top, has a negative angle of attack with a wide open face and they hit the ball to the right. To Chris's point, the average tour player, male or female, comes inside out, hits on the positive attack angle, and draws the ball to the left. They're fearing the snap hook. The amateur fears the slice. They're completely different ends of the spectrum. One's trying to usually maintain a spin window in which low spin is going to hurt them just as much as high spin, Whereas the the player that's coming over the top, it's almost always high spin that they're trying to reduce. So uh, I understand why the tour drives the marketing and drives sales, but the reality is, um, you know, what the tour players play is kind of like you know back to the driving comparison, watching F one and figuring out what your daily driver is going to be. Just it, it, there's no relevance whatsoever. Do you know what driver Nelly Quarter uses right now? No clue. It's TS, TSI 1, isn't it? Or is it, right? TSR 1. She just TS, switched oh, last TS, week. Oh, so there is a TSR 1. Yeah. So, like, yeah. That's what oh, I was we haven't We haven't seen the TSR 1 yet. Ooh. Yeah. So I, think, obviously it's, it must, I know I think it's on the conforming list. We just haven't had a chance to cover it yet. But, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the interesting things... Um, the, the reason why I point that out is because TSR one is probably a driver that a lot of golfers aren't really considering, but TSI one was a great product. I mean, Nelly, Nelly won a major with it. It was, it was their lightweight driver. And I think that a lot of golfers could, could benefit. But again, I think this just goes back to, you know, when Lydia Ko says to not, to not focus so much on what, the, the pros are playing when you're making your club buying decision. She's speaking more about the PGA tour than, than the LPGA tour, but there's, there's some gear out there again, like TSI, TSI one, it's probably a driver that you should be throwing into the rotation. If you're testing the, the TSI products. Now the, as you mentioned, TSR one is not out yet. And I, I think, Nelly's really the first person, but there's an interesting story with that one, which is she gained 10 yards. She went down and loft by a degree, but she's also noticing less driver spin. And that's something that we, I think saw with the robot, right, Gene? Yep. Yep. hundred yeah. percent across yeah. the board. Yeah. I was actually so low, working on all that this morning and, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, um, the the whole line it looks like so far is is pretty low spinning. Yeah. Anyway, I again I just I think that's a great it's a great piece of advice. You know, 
you can look at what the tour pros are using, but don't emulate them. I'll tell you the group that emulates what the tour pros use more than anybody else. It's the golf media. I've been to more press junkets and maybe it's just because everybody's getting free stuff, but you see these builds and it's like, I've played with a lot of these guys over the years. I'm not going to name names, but there are some guys when you look <laughs> at their setups and you just laugh, you're like, you are not good enough to play that. Or you don't even have the club head speed to, to wield that driver shaft. And, you know, you ask, I, I'll ask him just kind of casually, Hey, how you liking that, that, you know, ultra stiff, shaft you know seven seven tx in your driver oh great you know i've been trying to lower lower my launch and knock down spin and i'm like dude you can't even get the driver off the ground say they already have a 60 foot apex height 30 degree yeah. landing angle nice i'm yeah i i got a story like that um there was a let's we'll say um you know internet there's there's all kinds of ways that golfers can communicate on the internet and uh Someone from a shaft company was telling me the story one time, will not name the name, but they had this event. So they invited some people out uh, and they, they fit them for a shaft. They fit them for like a driver. And then they went out and played and, you know, some of them gave some recommendations before they got there. So they got some shafts that probably might not have been the best fit at the time. And then they kind of helped them out, but they went out and played and like some of these go again, handicap ranges are totally fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing golfers with different handicaps here, but they were like, you know, missing, right. Missing left, missing. Like they normally would on a golf course. Like that's what happens. Golfers miss shots. And then when these golfers were writing their reviews after it's like, oh, I never missed a fairway. I wouldn't believe I hit so many more greens. And it's just like, okay, let's, let's separate what actually happened from, you know, what, ha what you think happened because that did not, that was not the end result there. And I always think it's funny. Cause like, to your point, I I've given, I love blades, but I've given up on blades. I still play them in like retro sets on short golf courses, but I've given up. I'm, I'm never, ever getting another set of blades ever. And I say that and I'll probably end up with another set at some point. But, um, at this point, if I have to go out and play golf for money, or, you know, play golf to put a score down. I'm not playing blades anymore. That's it. I'm done. If, if I can add two cents to that, just <laughs> to reiterate what you were just talking about, I had a wild hair, uh, right before I went into Carlsbad, I put a set together that was what I would classify as kind of a tour and, and, and I had my, my gamer set. I went and I played the front nine with this tour inspired bag carded the worst nine hole score that i have carded in as long as i can remember now no shame full disclosure here i shot 47 47 on the front nine with an eight degree driver a 70 gram extra stiff shaft a 15 degree lofted fairway wood with an 8x and then put a set of blade irons three through pitching wedge with blade wedges and a blade style putter now i'm somebody that plays uh, a little bit more game improvement stuff and i teeter between and since my train wreck of uh health issues uh i teeter right around a, a four to five handicap throughout the duration of the year don't spend a whole lot of time practicing but i did not lose a golf ball and i shot 47 on the front nine Went. It's tough to do. Uh, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with myself. I'm not going to lie to you. But I let went me, back let to me, the car. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you hit the ball on the toe with your irons? 
a little bit towards the toe if I do miss it. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, little bit towards I mean, the toe, and I trend to be or trend a little thin as well. Yeah, I mean, those are both death for you know players' plays. I mean, just you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that if if you know, in all of our testing of you know, uh, a cavity backs versus you know blades, it's real simple. You hit the ball in the center, or even three quarters of an inch towards the heel, you're golden. I mean, those clubs are rock solid. You'll miss, you know, lose one or two yards in distance. You leak towards the toe a quarter inch, it's five yards. Half an inch, it's about eight yards. Three quarters of an inch, you can get to 15 yards drop off in distance. It feels horrible. Everything feels horrible. So you just, it's simple. If you hit the ball in the toe, don't play a player's blade or else you you cart a 47. Uh, yeah. And went back to the car, got my gamer set out of the trunk, went to play the back nine. Uh, and one other little tidbit here, I, I went to more of a tour, uh, inspired golf ball on the front nine, a lower launching, lower spinning golf ball in the, the regular pro V one. And then went back to my TP five X on the back nine with the gamer set and shot 36, even par on the back nine with two birdies, two bogeys, and one of the bogeys was a three-putt that was just a mental checkout on my part. But it was a completely different experience on that golf course between a 47 and a 36 just by making a a gear change to something that actually complemented my game. It kind of reminds me when I hear people and they're like, they'll go to a resort or they'll, they'll go somewhere and they don't bring their golf clubs and they'll play like a nice, a nicer high end course, something like that. And they'll just like, I'm, I'm over here for the experience. I'm going to have a, like have a few cocktails or something, hang on my friends and use the rental set. A lot oh, of times yeah. these, these high end courses don't have like your old school, like crappy rental sets. They have a nice set from an OEM, but they are generally get like, um, like segmented towards like the higher handicap or the mid-level golf club they're not you're not getting any tour inspired for clubs and any of this stuff and you'll see oh, i tried the rental set i love them i shot i played so well i couldn't believe it it's like yeah because you played regular flex steel shafts and some game improvement clubs that's why like right. there's it's no shock like you didn't do anything different in your golf game you just played within yourself probably and had a set of golf clubs that was a little bit more forgiving and all of a sudden it's like well golf's actually pretty easy when you had the right stuff in your bag True story. Yep. That's a good place to end this one. Anyway, just remember, you're more than welcome to take a look at what the pros are playing. Just don't embrace that setup as the one that you need to be playing. Um, Before we transition away from the LPGA, a couple of cool things that I did want to point out that I saw because not everybody out there has a full bag contract with the manufacturer. So they're a, a bit more... Um, willing to to put other or older gear in the bag. I saw an old yes putter, the white one, like with the paint chipping away, which was pretty neat. Lexi Thompson had a old set of Cobra S2 forged irons in the bag. Those are those are over a decade old, boys. I remember those back when I worked like golf retail. Like those were those were a nice set. Like it was a cool set, but that was yeah, a cool set. Yeah, very old. The other one that I thought was pretty humorous. So Lydia Co had a whole bunch of head covers, and I was 
peeking around and seeing, seeing what she had, anything cool. She had a couple of, of Cypress Point head covers. And one of them has my fave with little hearts on the side. And it says 19. And it's written on a really nice canvas Cypress Point head cover. And I thought, well, man, if she's, if she's scribbling my fave in 19, you know, it's got to be the 19 degree hybrid. It was a, it was a pink hybrid G425 for those that are curious. And I know those that are listening to this podcast are. So I re I was, as she was walking away, I said, Hey, what's the deal with the head cover? Is that your, I'm assuming that's your favorite club. And she laughed and she's like, nah, actually my sister just scribbled on it <laughs> because it's her fave. <laughs> it's her favorite. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. It was, uh, it was cool. just kind of funny. Yeah. There's just, again, like one, one of the players out there had a, uh, had a cup of noodles head cover. Thought about just taking it. That one looked pretty awesome. Cup of noodles. Why not? You know how I am about my head covers, Jay Wall. I, oh, I know. That's why I was going to say, as I'm mentioning these, I'm sure Chris is like, yeah, add, a, add another, add this one to the list. Yeah. Add that one. Cup to of list. noodles, huh? Now where, uh, where'd you see that one at? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. You're, you'll find it. Next time I'm in Scottsdale, you're going to have one in your bag. You do have the best looking setup. That, that carry bag with those head covers. It's strong, strong to quite strong. I'm going to get a picture of it and post it on social next time. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll send you, I, I do, you know, just a, like a regular photo shoot with my bag as I change head covers to, you know, I've got like four or five different bags and probably 150 different head covers. And it's like a whole, uh, a fashion show thing. I can't play worth a damn, but the bag looks great. That's all that matters. That's it. All right. Well, RB did, a story for golf.com you know we talk all the time about important club specs it, there's there's more to just buying a set of clubs as as lydia co said you don't want to just buy it off the rack there are a lot of variables in play but rb you wrote about one that is very important i don't think it gets near as much press as it probably should yeah i feel like i've i've, I've mentioned this many times before but shaft weight is one of the most under misunderstood specs that people like just do not even attribute to like what's in their bag. And especially when it comes to steel with graphite, there's obviously a lot of different options all the way down to like, you could say 40 grams in some case, I know the Kalia premier or irons, uh, for example, they have a 40 gram graphite shaft in there. And like from the custom fitting side of things, like you have so many options when it comes to graphite, but with steel, there's also this, this range that's from like 85 all the way up to like 135. So although we talk about drivers a lot, the biggest weight range variance is going to be in irons when it comes to options. And people, I just, I find that people don't really like, they can say the flex of their golf club. They might know the loft of their drivers or whatever, or they might know the line goal. There's the grip size of their clubs, but they hardly ever know shaft weight. They don't pay attention to it. They just see stiff or regular and they just say, that's fine. That's what I've used in the past. But with, steel specifically being a homogeneous material top to bottom you can't put different wraps you can't put different layers in it you can use different versions of steel but there's nothing else about it that you can really change top to bottom is that the lighter you go the the more flexible it's going to be and the heavier you go the stiffer it's going to be so there's all of these options within that but then also without outside of the category you have golfers who are when they're looking for shaftway they're trying to identify the biggest problem, if you're using too light, your dispersion is going to be everywhere from the driver all the way down to your irons. 
if you're missing long left, right, left, like short everywhere, that's going to be a problem because it's a consistency issue with how you are hitting the club face. If you have a shaft that's too soft or too light, you're going to be all over the club face and dispersion is going to be crazy. On the other side of it, if you're using something that's too heavy, there's like three common faults of the shaft is too heavy. You're going to chunk a lot of shots. You're going to miss them out to the right and you're going to come up short because you're just not closing the club face. You're delivering too much dynamic loft. And that's one of those, you know, talking about earlier, when we talk about the the clubs that people are going to buy or relating to tour players, or even on tour. And Chris, I'd like to, because I know you work with a lot of different players, even tour players now, they're get, like the 130 gram range is starting to slowly, I wouldn't, I don't want to say disappear because there's obviously really strong players that are out there that are using this. But a lot of faster players are like, you know, I grew up using some lighter weight steel. I can move into something like a, a 120 dynamic gold versus the standard dynamic gold or the standard S400 or using those different options that before, I mean, there's some play tour players that they're using 105 modus at this point. Like that would not have been possible probably 20 years ago. And that is where you're going to see a performance benefit because you can swing a, a lighter club faster on the 18th hole or, you know, more consistent on the 18th hole than trying to work around 135 gram graphite shaft, you're going to find a lot more benefit the longer you play out there. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that when I, I've been playing DG tour issue X ones forever. And then I had a suggestion from the professor to go try the, the Oban CT one fifteens and man, they were more consistent than my X ones and going a little bit lighter actually helps, as you mentioned down the stretch when you're getting a little bit tired. So yeah, it's uh light, lighter, lighter weight has a lot of benefits I feel like. And you know, yeah, you're going to get speed, but also I, I think the one that also doesn't get looked at as much is just like general overall fatigue. So I've noticed a big difference there. My saying is always like, if someone was look kind of like in between, I would say go lighter because you know, I like you don't fit for the first tee. You fit for the whole round of golf, right? Yeah, sure. You're fresh and you're just ripping drivers or you're ripping clubs on the first hole, but four hours in you've walked, you, you know, like you have to be able to make that swing on the 18th hole if you want to be confident with it. And I think if you are going to, would you say, like, I, I always say like, use the lightest shaft that you can control consistently, right? Like that, is that a general rule? That's really simple to follow. That's, I mean, that's when I'm doing training for our fitters here at TrueSpec. That's a conversation that we have is a, specifically for iron fitting is fit for the softest, lightest shaft that you can that still gives them good feel and good feedback with control. Yeah. Cause I just, I think too many golfers go, go heavy or they think, you know, I need to lower ball flight and use a heavier shaft. Well, look, if you're in a lower ball flight, use a stronger loft to golf club really simple. That's going to be the most efficient way to change that, but give yourself the opportunity to have something that's going to work. And, you know, there are options out there when it comes to graphite, that's in the hundred gram range that is very stiff, or you have something like if you're in between, you've got the whole AMT series from true temper, which goes from, which basically, I think it's like three grams in between shafts. So you can have a hundred gram or less than hundred gram, four or five iron shaft, or even six iron shaft. And then you get a little bit heavier under your wedges. So you don't have this big jump from your pitching wedge to your gap wedge, to your sand wedge and your lob wedge. There's all these different ways to build a set progressively weighted or just with lighter golf clubs. And when you're walking, if you're someone who carries, 
who doesn't want to make their golf bag lighter? I remember the first time I used a graphite shaft, it was like 95 grams in, in one, one of my many sets of irons. It's like, why is my golf bag? Am I missing clubs? Did I forget golf balls? And I realized, oh yeah, I lost like, you know, it felt like I literally lost two clubs worth of weight from my golf bag because the shafts are so much lighter. So, you know, there's that benefit too. That's a hidden benefit. I've noticed that since I changed, I went to a different uh, grip build and it's a little bit, a little bit bigger, more wraps. And I'm like, man, my, my bag feels just a touch heavier. <laughs> it's, and I swear it's just because I'm, I'm using larger, larger grips and, and a couple extra wraps than I used to. Gene, uh, have I, have we, you talked about this, like the robot swings, like it's jointed, like a, like a person, right? Like, so the energy only comes from say the shoulder. So like shaft will actually like change the like club head speed of the robot, right? Or the like, Oh, hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, uh, the way the robot, uh, the way I designed it was, um, in, so what we apply is a torque curve and we can apply that torque curve in many different ways. We can apply the torque curve so we can reach a hundred miles an hour in almost as many ways as a golfer can reach it. We can cast early and reach a hundred miles an hour. We can come in late with lag and then have complete wrist release to reach a hundred miles an hour or anything in between. Uh, but you know, for example, if you put a driver in at a hundred miles an hour and then say you put a five iron in, it swings it at 90 miles an hour, like a human shorter, it's heavier. Um, same thing with different weight shafts. So we definitely see, uh, you can see whew, with a driver up to approximately two miles an hour, maybe even three miles an hour sometimes. So, uh, that's pretty substantial, you know, in relation to distance, especially, you know, I, 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 I tell players in kind of my age group of the fifties, I'm like, it's a fountain of youth you know, to, to go and, you know, especially if you're in the 60 gram range and you get down to the 50 gram range, then you're talking, you know, you can get up to four miles an hour and that can equal 10, 12 yards. I mean, it's, it's substantial and it's also substantial, like you said, from a wear factor. So it is a very, very misunderstood or, uh, de-emphasized aspect of, uh, you know, everybody looks at shaft flex and they look at delivery, but they don't think about weight in regard to club head speed and fatigue. But as far as club head speed, there's two things you can do from a physics standpoint. You can go longer and that has diminishing returns at some point and you can go lighter. Those, those are your two options. Yeah. All right. Well, it is that time of the year where we start to get into new product releases. But damn if TaylorMade isn't going to drop something extra special that has nothing to do with new product releases, just an, an addition to one of their current product lines. And they just kind of do it out of nowhere. We now have some raw P7 MCs. These actually look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. One thing RB and is, I are already building a set that oh, we I have say you guys play. are already building a set for sure. <laughs> uh, the best, the best part about this, if you go to tailormade.com and I was scrolling through and I'm like, do they have any photos of what the irons look like? Because they're raw heads, which means that they're going to rust. 
And there's a disclaimer here on the TaylorMade website. It says, rusting is intended, not a defect, and may not be the subject of a warranty claim. <laughs> somebody, you know same. somebody's going to be saying, these irons are rusting. I want my money back. Buddy, It'll that's happen. the same thought process of why we have warning labels on coffee. Coffee is served hot. No shit. <laughs> what's the, what's the old i can't i want to say it was i again i know i made some references to this last time gene uh i feel like it was a simpsons episode. There, i was like gonna say is there yeah. a simpsons it's like someone said like <laughs> or it might I, it might have been it was some night like sitcom but it was like i'm oh no actually i think it was the drew carey show back in the day i don't know one of his buddies was like i'm the reason they don't call them packing peanuts anymore <laughs> it's like, that sounds that's, right that's I, I'm pretty, funny. I think it was the Drew Carey show, but that's it's like, really funny. that's the whole point. And if you look at like, if you look at the evolution of like golf, like say wedges at retail back in, I would say back in the day, but I'm talking like when I was a teenager is like Cleveland offered five to eights raws and Vokey offered oil can finishes. And they started getting calls from people who were like, my club's rusting. Well, first of all, it said it was going to rust in the damn sticker. And secondly, just be like slightly educated about the product you're going to buy, right? Like just, it takes three seconds to ask a question or like to get that. And that's why now they don't offer, they had so many people complain about oil can because it rusted because it was freaking supposed to, that they were just tired of offering it at retail and they just decided to offer it in the secondhand market. So it doesn't shock me now that even TaylorMade that offers raw wedges and, and does these raw faces that they still have to put this on their website because someone's gonna go why is it rusty and i'm like i don't know i feel like there's there's two sides to this i put this in the piece is like there's the junkies who want to buy a set of golf clubs and i know lots of people who bought in sets of mirror blades and sent them off to get unplated and then they build them up and they rust and they patina and they look really sweet but there are people who will be like i never want to see rust in my golf clubs they're broken there's something wrong with them because they're just you know there's that like culture around rust and it's not good but for but those are the people for, using iron head covers, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where there's Callaway Jaws raw now. I mean, the Callaway Jaws raw exactly. has a raw face, but has a plated head. And I've talked to guys yeah. that they say, it's like, I don't want to see rust on the head, but I want to have that soft unplated feel. Like, yeah. And you know, and you know what? Spoiler alert. None of it matters. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Come on, Gene. <laughs> Hate to tell you, hate hate to tell you that there's uh, no Santa Claus, but it's like, man, you're spending a lot of time thinking about and looking at something that really just doesn't matter from a performance standpoint. But hey, don't man, you don't like you rusting? ruin Santa Claus and raw wedges for me at the same podcast? <laughs> don't you do it? One of the uh, the the uh, and the reason I know this is because I owned one was the original circa sixty two series from Scotty Cameron when they relaunched it again probably early two thousands. Um, they had an oil can. It was the last retail release of an oil can finish, and it had a leather grip on it. It was a sick putter, um, but they the next year and Scotty doesn't do a lot of like year over year releases. It's not. You know, if you pay attention to the studio select, things like that, it was like almost, it's almost three years old at this point. And yes, they've had additions, but that putter's still in the line. But obviously they had some type of issue with either the, like obviously the leather grip people, some people didn't like it, which that, I mean, that's personal choice, but it was pretty sick grip. Um, but the rust on it, people, that's why they went to that, like 
um, misted finish, charcoal mist finish, because they people were tired of getting these rusty golf clubs. And look, I got putters behind me that I I know are rusted. I like them rusted. They're cool, like looking like that. And when I had a Circa 62, I literally I bought it. I took it home. I soaked it in Coca Cola and I left it out in my garage. And I let it patina. It was like a beautiful patina within like, I don't know, a week. And people are like, why would you do that to a putter? Because it's, it's my damn putter. And I'll do whatever I want to it. So like, I'm not going to call titles and complain about it. But I freaking did it myself. So I think with this thing here, I like the way they put a warning label on, although I know all rusted clubs have that on anyways. But I think that like, it's a surprise drop. I freak, I messaged our tailor-made guys. I'm like, why didn't you tell me about this? Like, oh, well. <laughs> surprise. Like, surprise and so like you know i'm sitting at my computer scrambling going okay i'm gonna write about this and and take some pictures and do some stuff but little did we know chris has got a set and doesn't let us know come on man we're in a chat group whoa you're burying the lead here no 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 no. i I don't have a set set. no i said you and i are gonna build a set even though we both know we don't need them oh okay i was like wait i was about to say wow i'm gonna be making a quick trip to scottsdale to yeah, Perfect I was like, liars. okay, okay, I misunderstood no. that. I thought you said, oh yeah, build a set. Like, wait, you've got a set already? That's not fair. I just got pictures. No, I, not that I want them. I just want to get a picture of them. If if I had a set, I would have disclosed that information to you guys. You know that. Um, all right, we're all in the circle of trust here. That's good. It's good to know. Yes, I I would have told. Well, I would have told you, and I would have told Jay. While Gene would have had to wait to find out on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, baby. All you need to do is start another. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry do- Chris. Gene wouldn't have even been able to see him, even if you had the video and you were showing him to him. <laughs> he would have Gene, said, "Hey, look at is this Chris really- here?" Yeah, is he? Is he here? Is he? Uh, I stopped. I, you know, I I tried to dial in on my landline today. It was ineffective. So you know. <laughs> oh, a what? They have those. <laughs> was it a rotary dial? It was no. a rotary dial with a long cord, so I could walk around with the thing. Perfect. So I do have to uh, RB's Simpsons reference. It jogged my memory. So Rolling Stone, I don't know if you guys saw, they came out with their top 100 TV shows of all time. Do you want to? I'm not. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but give me, give me your top five. What do you think were were their top five shows? Their top all five time. or my top all five? All five. Their top five all time. I want to see I want to see guy how closely aligned you are with the Rolling Stone list. Okay. Well, Simpsons has to be on there. Yeah, they were number two. Simpsons was two. Are we talking are we talking are we talking cable or are we talking because you know, yes, yes, all everything. time. Cable so Sopranos series. must have been. I don't think Sopranos was on there, right? Wasn't it? Number one. I've never watched it. I, I'm yep. going to say, without a doubt, the wire's got to be top five. Number four. You guys are on okay. three for three. It's pretty good. Breaking, uh, it's got Breaking Bad? It's, I love Breaking very, Bad. Breaking oh, Bad to me Breaking is like a great show. Four, four for four. You're not going to get the last one, though. <laughs> MASH? Seinfeld? I said I've Seinfeld. Never even, I've never even seen this one. Fleabag. It's always in Philadelphia. Which one? Oh, Fleabag. Fleabag was really good. Fleabag is, was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen really, it. Really, really whacked. Really whacked, but really good. The old man pulled that one out. Yep. I love Fleabag. That was good. I, I like the breaking <laughs> of the fourth wall. Yeah. 
that show. Yeah. I think it was really good the way the way it was done. And she, I mean, she wrote the whole thing too, which I thought was pretty impressive. I think she also wrote one of the Bond movies or helped write one of the Bond. Yeah, movies. no, no, she's she's really an up and comer. But yeah, that was yeah, Fleabag was good. I think it was only two or just two. Three, yeah, just two. But I think it was um, just two. Yeah. Seasons, it says it was yeah. from 2016 to 2019. Maybe it was three. Yeah, I think it was only two, uh, uh, two, um, two seasons. Yeah, but it was yeah, really, really bizarre and whacked, but entertaining. Without where do you think Friends was on the list? That's the last one. Then I'm going to stop talking about TV shows. I was going to ask you what's what's your favorite TV show next. This isn't fair. I'd say Friends has to be top ten. Forty nine. That's wow. fair. It didn't age well. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I mean, it, was this just some subjective millennials picking this out? Like, I mean, no. You know. it, it's a it's a really weird list because it's not just it, it says hundred greatest TV shows of all time, but as I was scrolling through, Jeopardy's on here. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like you know when and they so, release show, the, so is the late night show with uh, with Letterman. It's it's the same thing when they release bands. It's like either the Beatles or the Stones, and you know it 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 gets tiring after a while to read those things because they don't really change very much. You they know, want you to argue, kind of, yeah. Oh, they of want course, that's the reason that they do it like this. They put some of the most popular shows way down the list so that it gets people fired up. All right. Yeah. Well, the last question that I have, I was saving this one for the end. We are quickly approaching as Chris mentioned from his trip to Carlsbad, quickly approaching launch season for all the major gear manufacturers. And I want to know from each one of you, which brand are you most excited to see roll out new gear? Oh, this is unfair. I, I don't know if I can, if I can say it cause I've, I've seen yeah, a lot he's of the got new the, stuff he's coming. Got the insider, he's got the insider view. On that all right. One. Well then, so. then, then Chris can recuse himself. I say, and if I give my answer, then everybody's going to know the brand that I was uh, talking about at the beginning of the pod. Yeah, that's true. All right, Gene and, I, Gene and RB. Uh, so from my perspective, what I'm really interested in is what TaylorMade follows up with after the stealth launch, because um, historically, their second um, their second iteration uh usually kind of takes what they learn and and you know uh improves upon that sometimes substantially so i'm really curious to see from a performance standpoint you know what we end up uh seeing um from TaylorMade. from an individual club like single individual club perspective i'm just to gene's point i'm curious what carbon face 2.0 looks like uh, but as far as a, a whole line is concerned, if like I had to pick one company, um, the one to me that that's going to, maybe it's a little bit of like out of left field, but I think Strixon, you know, Strixon, their irons have always done. Damn, man, you're stealing my thunder. Go I'm on, sorry. Go on. Ext- they've all done extraordinarily well, but the, and the, and the, again, their play, their, a lot of their tour players use the driver. Obviously their irons are extremely popular. So I'm just curious to see where they go with their, with their metal woods. Cause then we've seen a lot of these different variations on the USGA formulas. We talked about it a few weeks ago on one of the shows. And I think that, uh, for them, it, it could be a really strong year because they've already built this, this really strong fan base 
as far as consumers is concerned, as far as fitters are concerned with their irons. It's just how can they carry that momentum into their into their metal woods? And you know, they they they're a big company, they're owned by a big company. They've got all the resources in the world to build great product. And you know, I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, I don't even need to talk. RB, you <laughs> you, you basically stole exactly what I was gonna say. I mean the the ZX, as we like to call it around here, you know, it's that was a super sneaky metalwood and iron line. And we've talked about that one before. I still will contend it was it was one of the best out there when it would, you know, for the last few years since it's been in, in the rotation. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. We started to see some some pictures of the new product coming out. Brooks is using the new driver, using the using the the uh, seven version. Hideki is using the five, which I think is great. You've your two biggest pitchmen, and they're each using one of the different models in your driver lineup. I mean, that's almost too perfect. So, yeah, that would be the one for me. I think they're just super sneaky. Everybody's looking at some of the other big names, but but that's the one. I want to see especially how that driver stacks up against some of the other ones that are going to be entering the marketplace in the not too distant future. Hopefully I'll see him next week on the on the PGA tour. I don't know if I'm allowed to take super close up pictures or not, but we'll uh, we'll see. Oh, you're definitely allowed to take super close up pictures. And you should. All right. That's good. So when you when, when sneak you see it, van. when you see when you sneak when you see him out in tour pros bags it's fair game, as we like to say. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, as RB did mention, he's going to be out on tour next week in Vegas. We should have, based on the way that Titles does launches, should have the launch of a new product. So We'll see. I, there might be a reason why I'm going to Vegas. So, uh, that is, that is <laughs> there might be a couple of reasons. Maybe, maybe some you weren't expecting until, uh, until very recently. So. It'll be a good week yeah. for you. Lots of new gear. I'm excited. I'll be all out right. there with the camera. Pay attention, social. We will be having it all covered. And we will we will get the full rundown from RB next week. I think that's a good place to end this episode of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want more gear content, check us out on social media. We are at Philly underscore equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Thanks, all for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>